This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. his prophet to marry a harlot and have a life with this woman because the Lord wanted to use the relationship between Hosea and his wife Gomer as a living illustration to show the waywardness of Israel towards God. Just as Hosea's wife Gomer committed adultery with other lovers, so too did Israel. Today, Pastor Eddie will be reminding you that you are betrothed to Jesus and that he has a jealous love for you. When Israel turned away from God to follow after idols, he accused them of great harlotry. It's heartbreaking to God when you choose to follow after sin instead of following after Him. Sin causes a break in the harmony of your fellowship with the Lord. In the same way, your spouse would be grieved and greatly angry if you cheated on him or her. Imagine how God Almighty would feel. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Romans chapter 9 for today's edition of Running the Race. says, as he, speaking of the Lord, as he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not my beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. Paul is quoting from the prophet Hosea. Hosea, you find, is one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And he's quoting from chapter 2, verse 23, and verse 5, 25. And then in verse 26, he's quoting Hosea chapter 1, verse 10. Now, I would like to give you a little background of the story of the prophet Hosea so we could better understand the context of verses that Paul is using here. And so Hosea, again, you'll find it right after the book of Daniel. But during this time, it was after the death of King Solomon in where Israel was divided into two nations. You had the ten kingdoms of Israel in the north, and then you had, the, the, you had Judah in the south. Hosea was a prophet of the Lord for the ten tribes of Israel in the north under King Jeroboam II between the years of 753 B.C. and 751 B.C. Hosea's name, the name of Hosea means salvation, salvation. Remember that. And so the Lord said to Hosea, he says, take a wife of holotry. He says, Hosea, I want you to take a prostitute as a wife and have children with her. We find this in Hosea chapter one, verse two. It says, When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take yourself a wife of holotry and children of holotry. For the land, he's speaking of, the children of Israel, has committed great holotry by departing from the Lord. So Hosea took a harlot as a wife. Her name 
Gomer. Last name is not Pyle. I was afraid of the response I was going to get with that. I just wanted to know if I'm like giving me my age or I grew up with that, Gomer Pyle. So, uh, the, the, you know, the first service, you mostly, you know, you don't get too many young people in the first service, but it was, it was full and they all laughed. And I said, great. I know the first service, we get it. Okay, Gomer is not Gomer Pyle. Okay, anyway. Gomer was her name. And the name Gomer means failure. Failure. So remember, Hosea means salvation. Gomer means failure. The story goes on that Gomer bears a child. The first child would be a son. And Hosea didn't name the child, nor did Gomer. But the Lord told Hosea to name the first child, the son, call his name Jezreel. Jezreel, which means God sows. God sows. Gomer then bore a second child, a daughter. The Lord said to Hosea, call her la Ruhama. La Ruhama means without mercy. Without mercy. Gomer bore a second child, a son. The Lord said to Hosea, call his name La Amini, which means not of my people. So you see the meaning of their names. Now, though Gomer had a godly husband, and though she was blessed with three children, Throughout their marriage, Gomer continued in adultery. She repeatedly had different lovers. Now you would ask, why would God allow one of his prophets to do such a thing? Why would God allow his prophet to marry a harlot and have a life with this woman? Because the Lord wanted to use the relationship between Hosea and his wife Gomer as a living illustration to show the waywardness of Israel towards God. Just as Hosea's wife Gomer committed adultery with other lovers, so too did Israel. Israel committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord to be with other gods. That is sacred. To have a God who is your God, who is your maker, and to have other gods is spiritual adultery. That's why God said, I'm a jealous God. I'm a jealous God. Why is he a jealous God? Because he created you. He loves you. He's real. He's the reason why we exist. But at times we have other gods before our true and only God. Saints is the same with us. Little do we know, we at times have placed other gods before God, and sometimes we don't even know it. How we live our lives, how much time we spend with God, and how much time we spend with other things. Other gods, such as our careers. Career is good to have, but when you put that before God, that is your God. Money. We put money. We put possessions, cars, hobbies, TVs, sports, cell phones, Facebook. The list goes on and on. It's amazing what we have spent so much time. If you were ever to jot down the time, how much you spend on certain things and how much you give to God, you'd be surprised. And the same applies for us. If in our lives we place things more than God, then we have placed other gods before God. The Lord said, thou shalt have no other God before me, and that is spiritual adultery. And so because the northern kingdom of Israel fell into harlotry, they turned away from God. Hosea prophesied that God is going to judge them. It's hard to be a prophet knowing you're living in a time of evil and wickedness. 
knowing that your wife, your bride, is having adulterous affairs with others. But he said that they would be judged. Later on, that prophecy was fulfilled around 722 BC when the Assyrian Empire took over the 10 northern tribes of Israel into captivity. They took the tribes of Israel into captivity. God used the relationship of his prophet Hosea and his wife Gomer as an illustration of his relationship with the children of Israel. Again, Hosea means salvation. Hosea gives us a picture of God. He marries a harlot, Gomer, which means failure. They have a son. They name him God's souls. They have a daughter. They name her without mercy. They have a third child, a son. They name him, he names her, not of my people. Which is a picture of God's judgment. When you look at the children, their name is a a picture of God's judgment, how God was going to judge Israel in the northern part of northern Israel, the 10 tribes in the north. Now, God does judge his people. God chastens those who he loves. Many of us here are parents or have had parents. We discipline our children because we love them. The children may not see it that way. I never saw it that way when I was a kid. But because we love them, we chasten them, we discipline them. And God does that for us. He judges because he loves Because of God's amazing love for us and because of God's grace, God is in his sovereignty. He offers still salvation to a wicked people who have turned their backs on God to worship other gods. And so it goes on in Hosea chapter 2, verses 19 to 20. Hosea chapter 2, verses 19 to 20. The Lord said through Hosea, he said, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. Then down in verse 23 of chapter 2, it says, Then I will sow her for myself in the earth. The word sow, God is sow, right? That was the name of the first child, Jezreel. And I will have mercy on her. Who had not obtained mercy. That was the name of the second child. I will have mercy. Then I shall say to those who are not my people. You are my people. The name of the third child. You're not my people. But now he's saying they are. Now he's giving them mercy. Now he's sowing them on this earth for himself. And they shall say you are my God. And so Paul is bringing this. Because he knows the audience he has. He has a lot of Jewish Christians who have forgotten how God chose people who are not his people. And as for Hosea's wife, Gomer, if you're interested in what happens at the end, the time came when Gomer was taken into captivity herself. She was at the very end of her robes, and at this time, she was being auctioned off as a slave. The woman, that was a harlot, her name was Failure, and she was being auctioned off. However, here comes Hosea. And Hosea means salvation. This is a beautiful story. Hosea chapter 3 verse 1. Then the Lord said to me, go again. Love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods. 
I love the raisin cakes of the pagans. The raisin cake signifies some sort of uh, food offerings that were given to those gods. It's a beautiful picture, saints. Here, Hosea already knew who he was married to. But it's a beautiful picture of how God still loves us, even when we turn our backs against him, even when we have other gods in front of him. A beautiful picture. Go again, love a woman who's loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel. And so you see the illustration is there. God is using Hosea to let him know, just as your wife, Gomer, has been unfaithful to you, brought shame to you, to your family, just as she was at the end of her ropes, that's how Israel has been with me. I loved Israel. I loved Israel. Why is Israel has other gods? Why Israel turned their back against me? And saints, doesn't, you know, when we apply that to ourselves, isn't it heartbreaking to God? When you think we would turn our backs or, you know, we could say we're Christians and we go through the Christian thing. We speak Christianese and we, we come to church, and, but we have other gods. What Gomer did, deserve, deserving in light of the law, what does she do in deserving in light of the law after committing adultery is what? Death. Death. What did the children of Israel deserve in light of the law after uh, leaving God and went to idolatry with other gods? Death. Death. And what does every man deserve? The fact that, hey, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it tells us all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. In light of our sin, what do we deserve? Death. But God, but God, his amazing love and his amazing grace God does not choose man for destruction. There's an opportunity. God comes in as Hosea, as salvation. Now, you may say, well, Pastor Eddie, you know, this is all doom and gloom, you know, fire and brimstone. Right. That's what Paul is trying to get to you. He's trying to let you know, though God can do so much more and destroy, he still loves, he still has hope. He doesn't have destruction. He, doesn't, he's not, he does not choose man for destruction, but God in his sovereignty is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it tells us in 2 Peter. God is not willing that any should perish. Men of their own free will choose destruction. The children of Israel chose their own free will whether to, to leave God and worship other gods, and so do we. We have, every, we have the free will to make a decision whether to follow Jesus or not. And praise God, I know many of you have. You're, you're part of the body of Christ now. But God extends his love and his grace by providing a way of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. But men refuse the only way of salvation. The only way of salvation. Now, just as God sovereignly chose Israel in the past, God has sovereignly chose us Gentiles who believes in Christ, the Messiah, and the Apostle Paul, again, is reminding his Jewish readers in Rome, quoting the prophet Hosea, hey, remember, just like the prophet Hosea, those who didn't have mercy, he's given mercy. Those who are not his children, now he calls his children. And so God did with them is what God is doing with us and for us. Those of us who believe in his son, Jesus Christ, we have now became part of his people, his children. Peter refers to this prophecy in his epistle in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Peter says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that applies for all. He says here, pretty much quoting what, what, Hosea, uh, what Paul was quoting, Hosea, he said, who once were a people, were not a people, but now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. James, the half-brother Jesus, he became one of the apostles at the church in Jerusalem, said this in Acts chapter 15, verse 17. He says, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. It is God who brings all people together, who weren't his people, and now his people. Again, God does not choose men to destruction. Men of their own free will choose destruction. By illustration, you see a, ba- a road barricaded with lights and what they call Jersey barriers, those, those concrete blocks, you know, letting you know you can't Continue on this road because if you continue on this road, there's a bridge that's out. You continue driving, you will fall in. And so this is God saying, you know what? I'm not pointing out to destruction, but I'm giving you warning signs. Here's my son, Jesus Christ. But if you choose to go around the barrier and continue to drive, you have put yourself in destruction. God hasn't. God's given us warning. We all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. We're all appointed to wrath. But because of Jesus Christ now, we're not appointed to wrath. You see. Now, back to Romans chapter 9. After Paul quoting the prophet Hosea in verses 25 and 26, Paul now quotes another prophet. His name is Isaiah in verses 27 to 29. Hosea was the prophet of the northern kingdom of Israel. Isaiah was the prophet in the southern kingdom of Israel under King Ahaz and among other kings, but during this time, and he was a prophet during around 740 BC to 681 BC. And the same message for the South, the same message the prophet had for the South, the same message that the Northern had, God had it for the South. Isaiah called the tribal Judah, the Southern uh, uh, part of Israel, to repent, or else they will be judged by God just like the north. They did not repent. And so God judged, judged them. And judgment did happen to them around 586 BC when they were taken into captivity by the Babylonians. And so he quotes Isaiah, verse 27. He says, Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea. This is the Abrahamic covenant where God said, multiply your descendants like the stars in the sky. In Genesis chapter 13 and chapter 15, Genesis chapter 17. The children of Israel were like the sand of the sea. And he says, though the number of the children of Israel will be like the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. The remnant will be saved. Paul is quoting Isaiah chapter 10 verse 22. Though the children of Israel were innumerable, only, only a remnant will be saved. Now you ask, why only a remnant? Why only a remnant? You probably ask yourself that. I've preached the gospel to everybody in my family and nobody's coming to church. You might be the problem. Not just kidding. No one comes. You share the gospel. Okay, some of you got to leave. All right. You preach the gospel. 
You're an evangelistic team. You go out there and share the gospel. How many people give their lives to the Lord? How many? Why only a remnant? Well, God extends his love and his grace and his plan for salvation to all men, to everyone and anyone. However, the reality is that not all are willing to accept it. That's the reality. When we look at the flood account, the whole world was judged, but only a remnant, only eight people, knowing his family were saved. You see the picture. It's always been like that from the beginning of time. The whole world was judged. Warning after warning, Noah building this ark, and to everyone else, he was a crazy person. There is no such thing as rain. What are you talking about? Warning after warning, Noah kept sharing the gospel. The judgment is coming. The flood is coming. Just like we do today, sharing the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. It's going to be more than just a flood. He didn't say, well, listen, the first is limited seating only. He didn't say only a thousand could fit in the book. No. Invitation was for all. We see that when we look at Sodom and Gomorrah, a whole city of people was judged. Only three. Could have been four. But Lot's wife looked back. She left her shoes and her dress and everything she got at the mall that day. And she turned into a pillar of salt. And only three out of a whole city, Sodom and Gomorrah, only three, the remnant, only three. We'll see the same thing during the Great Tribulation, saints. We'll see the same thing during the Great Tribulation. There will only be a remnant saved, only a remnant. As the scripture tells us, the Bible tells us there will be 144,000 that will be sealed. The 144,000, I'll tell you right now, are not Jehovah Witnesses. The 144,000, you know, they're Jews. They're Jewish last names there. I don't see no Smiths. I don't see no Riveras. I don't see Jones. They're all Jewish. Later on, it tells us that the 144,000 are, tells you in the Bible, it tells you in Revelation that the 144,000 are male Jewish virgins. If you're not a Jew, you're not a male, if you're not a virgin, you don't, you're definitely not going to be the 144,000. But the warnings keep going on throughout the history of the church. been warning about this coming of the Lord, the coming of Jesus Christ. We've been warning people it's going to happen. Oh, this rapture. You believe in it? Yes, I do. I know there's a lot of crazy stories. that We're so filled with so much, you know, movies and stories and conspiracies. And all of a sudden, now the real thing, which is the real thing, the rapture is now considered a joke. And that's what Peter says in the last day there'll be scoffers. I would say, where is this coming? We've heard that from the very beginning. Saints, he's a promise-keeping God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus Christ is coming. He is coming. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of Romans with us here on Running the Race. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today and that you're eager to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to listen to more messages by Eddie, visit our website at runningtheraceradio.com. There you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. Right now, 
Tracy has some information about how you can be a part of the ministry here at Running the Race. Radio programs like Running the Race are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see Running the Race expand throughout the tri-state area. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race? Log on to runningtheraceradio.com and simply click on the Give option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. There's much more to learn from the Book of Romans on the next edition of Running the Race.